Welcome to our Thinking the Podcast. We're continuing this series, Live Ready, Remaining Faithful in Difficult Times. Let's go ahead and jump in and see what God's Word has for us with our resident pastor, Ramon Belagamba. So holiness, holiness is one of those words that it means many different things to many different people. Many different people have many different experiences. And for me, I grew up with some different experiences. I grew up attending church at the Church of God in Christ. I grew up also in the African Methodist Episcopal tradition. And they were different as an unbeliever before I came to faith in Christ. I realized that people had different understandings of what holiness meant. And a lot of what I noticed, even before I came from life to death, when I was blind, I saw that holiness revolved around what the externals, what I wore, what I did. It never really majored on what was going on 12 inches below. And for the unbeliever who does not have a relationship with Christ and who has not given their life to Christ, that's what they see Christianity as. They see Christianity as a whole bunch of do's and don'ts, right? I think we all could relate to that, that we all have common misunderstandings, honestly, because of our, whether we grew up in the church or outside of church, we just have a confusion upon really what holiness is. And I know that today's text breaks down from us and we hear from God that the difference that salvation in Christ makes to the Christian life. Like Peter reveals to us how we believe, what we believe about God plays out in how we live for God. He shows us that through the themes of hope, holiness, which is the central theme that we, we, we diving into today, but also through honoring God and showing love for one another, that all of these themes tie together into the theme of what this sermon series means when we say that we have to live ready. As we learn that we must live holy, becoming like Christ to live ready, that we must live holy, becoming like Christ to live ready. And then we ask ourselves, what is that question? How do we live holy? And that moves me to my first move that we live holy by setting our hope on the gospel. We can see that clearly in verse 13. So giving you a little context, bringing it in. So Peter is writing to a suffering people in a foreign land. Let's make sure we understand that. A people who are oppressed and a people who are excluded from the popular society. And one of the first things Peter did when he opened this letter is that he grounded the identity of the people in the fact that they, to the chosen, that they were living as exiles. So for Peter, the first 12 verses of this letter is reminding the church of Asia Minor that they have been given the gifts of a new birth, 
a living hope, joy, and salvation of your souls. And that's what Pastor Antoine was unpacking for us last week. But what we need to realize is that the words Peter wrote then to that persecuted church is actually something that's for the church at all times. That whether we are in the midst of persecution or we're not a persecuted people, that this is a word for all times. And the American church, and in particularly majority culture churches, have always had difficulty seeing that we are a called people in a foreign land. And that we are living by a different narrative. And the reality of it is, is what we believe always impacts how we live. Our theology always impacts our ethics or, or what, we would, what we do. Peter wanted to help his audience understand how to live in light of God's ultimate promise of deliverance because they needed hope. It wasn't easy. And the reality of it is, is only when we can see the end can we endure by faith. It's only when we can see the end that we can endure by faith. At the end of verse 13, uh, Peter says, and set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. He empathized with the people before he directed God's people. I want y'all to realize what Peter was doing. He He wanted them to place their hope in the last day so that they could get through the next day. And that hope is confidence rooted in something concrete. It's not just a little bit of optimism is kind of how hope is seen today. But his hope was confidence rooted in something that was concrete. And for Peter, the substance of the believer's hope is the grace to be brought to you. But Peter wasn't stupid as he knew other loves could take people away from setting their hope on the reality of the gospel. If your mental ain't right, you ain't prepared to live by hope. He tells them, and Peter is telling us. If we are all up in our feelings and we are more concerned about our circumstances, we can't set our hope on the gospel. Real talk, for us to live ready is a call for us to, to get up, our, get up of our, out of our own way and give up on any ideal we place our hope and our future in. And we need this because we got to be sober-minded. And for us to be sober-minded, that means for us to be self-controlled. And that also means for us to be spiritually alert. But when we are so intoxicated with the things of this life, rather than keeping focus on faith in God, we always get tripped up. We can't keep our focus on the path that the Lord wants us on because we're not spiritually alert. We are no different than a drunk driver who is intoxicated driving on the road. We end up going the wrong way 
We can end up in a ditch or we hit something because we have given into the pressures and the temptations of the flesh, the world, or the devil. And Peter is calling them and us, we better get it right. Don't set your hope on your idols, your God substitutes. Don't set your hope in how much money you got in the bank. Don't set your hope in how physically fit you are. Don't set your hope in the fact that you own your house today. Don't set your hope in anything outside of Jesus Christ. We can't live holy if we place our hope in anything less than the gospel. And for those of us who pay any attention to the financial markets, we know that this week, everybody's been talking about Doge. Everybody's been talking about a meme cryptocurrency that actually is a joke. It actually has no value. It's actually what people are pouring millions of dollars into, but it has no value. People are uninformed, and many people are just investing in a joke. And the biggest joke is the person who actually created um, Doge does not even own any Doge, Dogecoin. So that, that, that got to be, that got to tell you something. But people are putting millions and millions of dollars into this joke. And the sad reality of it is, is that on 420, which is coming up this week, people are actually really going to put all of their money into it. That people who live for the markets that you only live once, they're going to pour all of their money into a cryptocurrency that is not stable, that is very volatile, that is very risky. And that's what most people do with their lives. They set their hope in something that is risky, that they follow blindly behind other people who are doing the same thing. But they have no secure hope. They have no, not even, they have that optimism, but they have hope in something that is not concrete. And we as the people of God, we can't move like that, like those who are pouring their money into Dogecoin. We also have to remember that we have to be safely secure in the gospel of Jesus Christ. That that needs to be where our greatest hope lies. Not blindly in the things of this world that will only destroy us. That is how we live holy because we base it in our salvation. So not only can you live holy by placing by seeing and placing your security in the hope of the gospel, we also live holy by living in the light of the gospel. Verses 14 through 17. Now that Peter has settled their hearts in the hope of the gospel, now for the life now and the life to come, he hits them back with the command, yo, you got to live holy. And in the midst of living in a hostile culture, he is telling them, remain faithful, Live holy. 
So already, already told y'all, holy, that's a, a loaded term that has many definitions for, for different people. But I'm going to give you a baseline. To live holy is to live devoted to God and his will in heart, mind, and will. To live holy is to live devoted to God and his will in heart, mind, and will. And commonly, holiness has been viewed through these lenses, right, these different lenses. And most people just see holy as just separate and just distinct. And that hasn't led to a lot of transforming holiness that God actually desires for his people. And we are reminded first that to live holy is a call for us to live a lifestyle of repentance, as verse 14 reads, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires of your former ignorance. So whether you are a child at this moment or could think back to your childhood, you can't front. You always have a desire that you feel that what you're doing is right. Like your parents are telling you something that's not for your own good. But you just don't feel that way. And you continue down your own path. Down the line, more times than not, you realize that your parents are right. And Peter is actually saying the complete opposite of disobedience, where he says obedient, obedience here in this verse, as he's given us a picture, just not how our flesh trips us up, but the world and his system definitely doesn't want us to live holy like Christ. Paul is giving us a reminder what Peter's already telling us. When Paul says in Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and the perfect will of God. Both Paul and Peter let us know the importance of minds ready for action and being sober-minded. So you are alert to the will of God in every moment so you can live holy and so we can live ready. And only in the light of the truth of the gospel, constantly reminding ourselves of the grace and the mercy that we have received and will receive in Christ can keep us pursuing holiness. Peter makes it clear to us that for us to live holy, we have to understand the character and the nature of God. God is pure. There is no sin, evil, or darkness in God. God is distinct from creation as he is self-existent apart from creation. God, the great I am, has always existed. He always does what is in line with his nature. And for us to be holy in all our conduct is for us to have new birth into a living hope. Like we can't be, we can't walk in holiness without the Holy Spirit. Because without a new nature, we would do what's consistent with our old nature, right? And what do we do that's consistent with our old nature? We sin. That's it, plain and simple. We are straight up in rebellion against God. We have no fear of God. But with this new nature, in addition to the change of one's heart and mind towards sin, we also start to fear God. 
We start to honor God with in all we say, think, and do. We honor God by living in alignment with his holy law, which is outlined in the Ten Commandments. And we have applications of all of that throughout the Old Testament. The reality of it is, is that Jesus came to fulfill the law, not to abolish it. And in him, we see the embodiment of the, embodiment of the law of God in his sinless life. And his devotion to the Father and the eagerness to do his will, we see what the fear of God and holy living looks like. Beloved, so quiet, I can hear my, my, my squeaking and my movement. Y'all with me? <laughs> Y'all tracking with me? Beloved, to live ready is to live holy. And for us to do that, we have to be a people who reflect God's heart in the world by our actions. By our actions, not our inactions. The heart of this passage is living holy lives publicly in light of the gospel. Holiness ain't no private thing. It's not something you do in your home only. It's not something that you do when the lights go out. It is all the time. The gospel is public truth. It occurred in time and space history. Jesus rose from the grave. How many other people do you know that have risen from the grave and still live? The gospel is public truth that must be proclaimed and embodied. The hostile culture of Peter's audience lived in, like ours today, wants the people of God to fully submit to their public doctrine. The godless culture of their day wanted them to bow the knee to other false gods. They called them deities. And then today in America, we're called to bow the knee to other identities and false narratives. Huh. Let me tell y'all, we don't serve a progressive God. <laughs> Contrary to the opinion of those outside of Christ, our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The moral holiness code that's in Leviticus 18, 18 to 20, that is still applies to humankind today, as does what you see in Exodus 20. Holy living calls us to be about mercy, righteousness, and justice. Not just private devotion to God, but public devotion to God and love of neighbor as well. We cannot practice selective ethics either. And let me give you some receipts as a reminder. Micah 6.6 6 to verse 8. What should I bring before the Lord when I come to bow before God on high? 
Should I come before him with burnt offerings of year old calves? Would the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with 10,000 streams of oil? Should I give my firstborn for my transgression, the offspring of my body for my own sin? Mankind, he has told each of you what is good and what it is the Lord requires of you to act justly, to love faithfulness, and to walk humbly with your God. As the rest of this book, as we roll through 1 Peter, will unpack, living holy leads to a public witness that is in line with a holy God. He is concerned about justice. He's concerned about mercy. He's concerned about human compassion and truly godly devotion than he is about showy, expensive corporate worship. And that's real talk. Think about it. We have a solar system. And a solar system, the planets revolve around the sun. And in a similar manner, for the Christian to have a life that is actually transformed by the gospel, for us to live holy, calls for us to live our life in alignment around the gospel of Jesus Christ and his person and his work and the reality that our great high priest lives and that he is Lord and we let the whole world know about it. Because the whole world, unfortunately, that denies Christ now will be caught with their pants down when the last day comes. That's what we got to proclaim. The world has been redeemed. It hasn't been redeemed in its fullness. That's the already, but not yet. But Christ is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And because of that, we can talk big talk because we serve a big God. And not only do we live holy by living in light of the gospel, but we live holy by living in faith in Christ's work in the gospel. Verses 18 to 21. Peter reminds us and his audience that Christ didn't die to keep us living like we ain't been given a new nature. The empty way of life that he speaks about is the false reality that we lived in when we lived in the world without Christ. It's a straight up empty way of living. And unfortunately, it also leads to the wrath of God for eternity. The wrath of God that Christ took on in Calvary for us that we believe in. That he paid that ransom for that raggedy old us. (laughs) And he didn't do it with no silver and gold. Jesus paid that with the blood. And he wasn't without sin. He who was, who was without sin became sin for us. Thank you, Lord. So that he could be our Passover lamb. The lamb of God came into the world to pay a costly price. That's what Peter's telling us. And that's why it's plain foolish for us to continue to run to our sins. Mm. That's why it's plain foolish 
for us to continue to rationalize our sins. We can't rationalize it. We got to close the window. We got to close the fridge. We got to stop gossiping. Like, we got to stop these things that are contrary to holy living. It's like us choosing to live by another identity than the one that God has given us. It's choosing to forfeit, forfeit our identity as a child of God. And we'd rather just straight up live as an enemy of God. We'd rather be God's ops. We forget that blood, the blood, has brought us into kingdom citizenship. And we choose to have citizenship in a world that's nothing more than passing away. We must live growing in faith of God's ultimate plan that has been revealed to us in these last times for us, as Peter tells us in verse 20. The ultimate plan, Peter lets us know, the ultimate plan has been in motion before the foundation of the world. Our Messiah, our Lord and Savior that rose from the grave and sits at the right hand of the Father, the fact that Christ came to be in his incarnation was thought of before the foundation of the world, that he would come to save a people. The question is, are we living in alignment with God's mission in the world today? Are we living ready? Because we're already looking ahead to Christ's second coming. Are we seeking to live ready and live sent participating in God's mission. Like, we've went through what living sent means. We can't forget that we always, as we are the holy ones of God, we're also the sent ones of God. That the kingdom of God is here now. And folly on us for telling nobody that it's, that it's at hand right now. Because we don't know when Christ is coming back. We know the ultimate reality that he will return and be the judge of all. But are we living by faith of that reality? Are we living by faith that he is reconciling the world back to himself in his heavenly session right now in the heavenly places? Since the world has canceled the authority of the Bible in our culture, why do you believe in that fairy tale, that little, that mythical book? Most of the culture thinks that we're on the wrong side of history. Yep. But, hmm, they'll see when the joke's on them. But without God's word or the Holy Spirit, no human being can know the ultimate reality revealed in the gospel. Like, God has to do a work in us for us to, to see. So, family, we must always remain encouraged and be unafraid to have a missionary encounter with our culture. They live by a false reality. But we know the ultimate reality. So one of the things, I, we actually did this with our second child. Something that's very popular, has been popular for a while, is a, a gender reveal party. And with gender reveal parties, there's always people that are chosen by um, the couple chooses to have the information to know what the gender is so that the surprise could be planned. 
They have the information. And the thing about it, when you have, this is in general when a woman's pregnant, there are so many people that think they can guess what the gender of the baby is. They come with all of these old wives' tales, like if you did this, the way the shape of the belly, you know, how, 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 um, how low you're hanging, how high you're hanging. Everybody is like the weatherman. They got a forecast. They have a prediction. Everybody. Everybody. And you can't tell them anything different. They think they know it all. Man. And the funny thing, not even funny, honestly, but the, the thing about the world they think they know it all, don't they? They think they know the direction of history. They think they know where we're going. And for the people of God, we're actually that person that has been told the information to let the couple know the gender of their baby. We have been told through the scriptures, God revealing in his word and then God the word coming into the world, we know what the information says. We know how the world ends. We know that heaven comes down to earth, that there's a new heaven and a new earth, and the people of God will dwell there. But it's people that think they always know the right information that do not have enough humility to realize they need Jesus. It's sad. It's sad. And it's an it's a eternal destiny that you don't want for nobody because everybody that passes by you is an eternal soul. So when we don't speak up, when the Holy Spirit is telling us to speak up, speak up, and we say, we thinking that they're going to be okay. That's, that's, what, that's what we're actually doing if we say nothing. We can't be scared to share our faith. Because it's in sharing our faith that we grow in holiness, that we grow in faith in the gospel itself, that we grow in the fact that Christ's work is sufficient for all of our needs, that there is never one place where we are without Christ, that we are not in his grasp. And we don't tell others about the reality that each and every inch of this this creation in this world, Jesus is saying, mine. So not only do we live holy by, by faith in Christ's work in the gospel, but lastly, by showing the fruit of the gospel in verses 22 and 25. So we as a family last year went through 1 John. That was a that was one of some of y'all's favorite sermon series we did last year. And we learned so much about love being the apologetic of the fact that God's people dwell on earth. And Peter reminds us in verse 22, like John, the apostle John, that our love for the people of God is a ground for the assurance of our faith. And we have been justified before God by faith in Christ and our growing into his image, Christ naturally leads us to the love of the saints, right? Love of the holy ones of God. Like we just love to be around each other. The thing about it though, and this is why my main point was we must live, uh, we must live holy 
becoming like Christ to live ready. We're not all the way there. We're not where we will be on that day of glory. We are sanctification. Sanctification is not an event, but it's a process. And when I say sanctification, I mean becoming like Christ. So the Christian life for the believer isn't like a light switch. We just don't flip it on and off. Like we flip it on and we're right where we need to be. As just because we have a new nature, we don't automatically show the fruit of the gospel in every area of our lives. Like we have to work in unison with the Holy Spirit to work out our salvation with fear and with trembling. Like we got to work it out. So please don't get discouraged if your love for the body of Christ ain't to the place where Peter is talking about right now. There's grace. We battle our own sin with our new nature. As reading Paul's account in Romans 7 will confirm for you. But also many of us uh, have dealt with and are currently dealing with or will deal with church hurt. It's real. It keeps the hypocrisy of the people in the church keeps so many people away. They're like, mm-mm, I love Jesus. Mm-mm, I ain't doing the church. I'm not churchy. Mm-mm. But we don't, they don't realize is that this is the means that God has ordained for his people to grow like Christ. So if you're thinking you could grow like, grow like Jesus, grow into Jesus' image in the world, you like Dodge Coin. You're a joke. But I want to remind you, as kingdom exiles in a foreign land, love the church because in the words of Chance the Rapper, we are all we got. That's the point that Peter wanted to get across, the importance of holy community and living in a hostile and fallen world. As things continue to change for the church in the 21st century, we got to press in even more, loving one another. To live holy as we are called is a call to love the holy ones of God. That we are a resurrection people who come from death to life in God through the hearing of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Through the word of God by the Holy Spirit, we become participants in the living hope of eternal life in Christ. It is through our union with Christ we abide with him, we hang out with him, we kick it with him, and we do that mostly through his word, spending time day after day constantly with him in his word and in prayer. And Peter shared these words from Isaiah in verses 24 to 25 to comfort a people who were being tested and they was being straight up tried. A people tempted to turn away from God or let their faith grow cold. The resurrection is a reminder of the glorious future for God's people. Like we're going to get those glorious new bodies I know plenty of us are 
like, man, I'm hoping I'm a little bit smaller, um, I'm a little bit taller. Like, we, we, we hoping for some things. And, but it's also a reminder that apart from Christ, there is no eternal life. There's no place to go. When you turn away from Jesus, there's no place to go. In Christ, we live as resurrection people connected to the resurrection life. And we can live by faith, growing in holiness by living on the promises of the living and enduring word of God. We live in the already but not yet. So let's enjoy the resurrection life daily by living in the spirit, not in the flesh. Knowing that if we live in the, knowing that we live in the, the holy presence of God by our union with Christ. If you're a believer, the presence of the Holy Spirit is with you everywhere you go. That we have a refuge. That we have a protector. That we have a provider. And there is nothing that this world can do to take us away from the grasp of Jesus. Our love for the body of Christ and the word of God are the fruit of the gospel. Shown when we live holy and live ready. The reality of it is, is that, and I'm bringing it in, that times are changing at a rapid pace. Culturally, even down here in the Bible Belt. This pandemic has definitely accelerated the pace of things culturally. A great migration of people locating from other parts of the country are coming to our metro area. So that means a greater variety of worldviews are moving in right next door. And this leads to a greater probability that they are in line with the morality of our ever-shifting culture. And they may not have any biblical worldview which is a greater call for us to live ready. We have to live holy, standing in alignment with our God to live ready. And living unholy lives contrary to the character of God can't be the norm for any of us. I pray that the areas of our life where we are struggling with sin that we actually lean into our Think Kingdom family and that we're okay with confessing our sins to one another so that we can feel the love of one another and experience victory in the area of repentance. And I have a few suggestions to help us make sure that our side A and the side B of our theology, that our doctrine and our life that they line up, and I want you to copy this down. I want you to ask yourself these questions before you make ethical decisions. Firstly, has God spoken to this, to this decision in his word? I want you to think through the lens of, is this a personal preference? or a biblical command. 
So has God spoke to, his, to this decision in his word? That's the first one. Secondly, does this decision bring glory to God and his mission? Does this decision bring glory to God and his mission? And it's so tempting to think that we're bringing glory to God most times with a lot of our decisions, but unfortunately, a lot of times we're just bringing glory to self. So we got to think through that. And the last question, does this decision help me grow more into the image of Christ? Does this decision help me grow more into the image of Christ? So as I hope in this series, as we are seeking to live ready, but also out of this series, the great hope is that Think Kingdom also grows to live close and continues to live sent. Live ready, live close, live sent. And realizes that we are kingdom exiles and we embrace that this world is not our home but God's mission field. This ain't our home. And that we live ready for Christ's second coming. We live close together as family. And we live sent together on God's mission. But let us in the spirit seek to live holy, but coming like Christ to live ready. Setting our hope on the gospel living in light of the gospel, by faith in Christ's work in the gospel, and by showing the fruit of the gospel. Now it's Pastor Ramon in our Live Ready series. We must live holy to become like Christ in order to live ready. If you are blessed by anything you hear on this podcast, you feel led to give, feel free to text the word GIVE to 704-741-3705. We want to thank you to all of our new friends, which we call Family of Think Kingdom. And if you haven't, go ahead and subscribe to us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram under Think Kingdom. And as always, you can go back, hear this message, and so much more right here exclusively on our Think Kingdom podcast.